0: Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. So good to be here. I'm excited to get into it this morning. We're going to pray and God's got something for all of us. Amen. If If you're okay with it, can you just stretch out your hand Uh, To the person next to you, lay a hand on their shoulder if if that works. If not, I understand that too. (laughs) Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we get to be here this morning in your presence and in the presence of each other, Father. And this is your plan your plan for faith community, where we encourage one another and where we come to hear your truth, your words of life, Lord, and where we grow, Father. And so this morning, even for people who are joining us online, who may be by themselves, we just bless them in Jesus' name to meet with you today, to hear your words of life today, Father. We bless every person in this room, the ones to our left and to our right, to be able to receive your words of life this morning, Father. And God, we just welcome you. This morning we realise you are a supernatural God, that we can come together, we can meet in this way without seeing your work. And so this morning we just welcome you. Come Holy Spirit, come and show us your glory, Father, we pray Come and make this just more than a simple gathering as you come and move through the room. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, just tell that person they look great today. You're happy to see them in church. (laughs) So good. Alrighty, well, welcome to week two, as Pastor Tam said, week two of Holy Healthy. This is our message series where we are talking about God's desire for us to be healthy in body, mind and spirit. And let's face it, every single person in this room, we all have things in our life that are just plain unhealthy. Are we okay to admit that? Whether it's in body, mind, or spirit, there are things that we engage with, and there are also things that we are unaware that are unhealthy for us as well. All right, there's a little, I'll let you off the hook with that one as well. I'll let myself off the hook with that too. Here is our verse for the series. This comes from 1 Thessalonians. This is a message translation. And Paul says this, he says, May God Himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our Master Jesus Christ. The One who calls you is completely dependable. If He said it, He'll do it. Is that a good word? So He wants us all holy and whole. It's easy for us to sometimes be okay with unhealthy things in our life, to settle in a space where we go, well, that's just the way it is for me. God's desire for us is that we will be holy and whole, fit for the plans and purposes that He has for us. Isn't that good? Come on. God's not just looking at things that you've settled with and He's like, yeah, that's okay with me too. His plan is for more, is for wholeness. And so last week we talked about feeding our spirit, how we can make intentional choices to actually encourage growth and health in our spiritual life. And this week we're gonna be talking about the mind and we're gonna be talking about the power of our thought life which our thoughts have the ability to affect and impact our body and our spirit, right? So often in life when we're addressing things, we can isolate these parts of our life as if they don't actually have a greater impact. But our thoughts, our mind, our emotions, even some of our personality that comes into play there, it has the ability to affect our physical state and our spiritual state. So we all need to press in this morning and really see what God has to say for us here. I want to give a guy who's been a great help to me a plug this morning. Uh, his name's Craig Grishel. Uh, I don't know him personally. But um, if you don't know who Craig Grishel is, he's worth getting to know also. He's the leader of a church in the States, it's called Life Church. Uh, it has over 40 locations. It's a really big church. They've done amazing things. Um, he has produced a whole stack of leadership content, uh, which is really, really helpful. He was part of the team that helped launch the Bible app, the U Bible app. How many people have that on their phones? Yeah. Well, that is over. That has over 500 million downloads. Isn't that incredible? And it came from a failed attempt to launch a website where people could go for Scripture and now we all have it in our pockets. And uh, Craig's also written a whole stack of books and he's, he's written one in particular. It's called Winning the War in Your Mind. And his teaching in this area has been really helpful for me personally. One of the quotes, one of the things that you will hear Craig say as he speaks on this topic is this quote. He says, Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And so I want you to think about this as we get started this morning. I want you to actually think about what the strongest thoughts are that you have. I want you to think about what you think about, okay? That might do your head in right there. You're like, I can't think. What's going on with your thought life? What are the reoccurring, what are the strongest thoughts, what are the patterns you see in your thought life? How's how's this for a stat? I was doing a little bit of scientific investigation, right? And uh, so I Googled something, (laughs) source of all knowledge. (laughs) But I came across this study, it was done in 2020 and I found this, that the average person has over 6,000 complete thoughts a day. 6, thousand. That's around six and a half th- thoughts every minute you're awake, if you're sleeping eight hours a night. So six and a half complete. Th- Some people are hearing that and they're like, "I think way more than that. <laughs> like it. So th- they, they track this from a person in rest, And they they were able to track the beginning of a thought process through to the end of a thought process, which was quite revolutionary in this study. And so you might think, well, my mind goes way more places than that. Six and a half complete thoughts every minute. Now, if that's true, and our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, which I believe, then we need to seriously consider what we're thinking about, right? Right? That is a lot of potential. Every minute, that's six opportunities at minimum for things to go in a certain direction. And I wanna ask you this question. If, if there was a way to track your thoughts for a day, what would it look like for you? I was thinking about this and I saw, imagine like if we actually just had like a screen on our heads and people could see our thoughts. Isn't that a horrible thought? Amen. Yeah. man. Because there's a lot of stuff going on, I was thinking my wife, half the time it would be, I feel like donuts or KFC, yeah? And maybe someone here's like, I'm just thinking about food all the time, I'm hungry, I need more food, right? And maybe some of us are just thinking, even now, you're listening to me and you're probably thinking about Collingwood, what amazing football team they are, right? Is that true? No, okay, all right, well, just a guess, just a guess. So I want to ask you, are you someone that has great faith? Does that seem to come natural for you? Are you wired up that way? Do you find it easy to believe that God can do amazing things, that He can break into any situation? Or you, Are you someone who lives in constant fear and doubt? that you're constantly doubting yourself and you're doubting God. I'm not sure if God can actually do that. I don't think there's gonna be a good outcome to this situation. Can He really help and make a difference? What good am I? Are you one of those people? Do you have thoughts like this? Thoughts about insecurity. I'm not good enough. I just don't cut it. You compare yourself against other people and you're like, I don't even come Close, I'm just not good enough for this. Do you have thoughts maybe around whether you're even a lovable person? Maybe in life you've had some hardship in the area of relationships and you've landed in this place and you just think to yourself sometimes, how could anyone even love me? Maybe you've been through a lot in life and you've been just really beaten up and you think, if I try something again, it's just gonna fail. And I'll fail and I'll let more people down and they'll be disappointed in me again so it's safer for me just to not attempt anything. Are you a positive person? And you can easily see the good in things. Are you wired up to kind of constantly fixate on the negative? It's easy to do, right? And so, from the beginning, someone might talk to you about something, and as soon as the words have come out of their mouth, you're thinking, that's never going to work. Bad idea. That's dumb. That's not happening. Maybe someone has invited you, like given you opportunities for things in life. And you've just wrestled with this sense of I, I just cannot do it. Like I'm actually not capable of it. And in some ways you want to do it, but you're just held back by this fear, this sense of uh, what happens if I try this and it just doesn't work out. Anything like I wanted it to work out. We all wrestle with these thoughts, right? this stuff swirls around our heads. And here's the thing, here's the thing, that as we come to this space as followers of Jesus, the Scriptures actually teach us that we are a new creation. And I know that sometimes you feel banged up and you might feel like a clay pot that was knocked about and smashed and when you came to God, He got out some super glue and He kind of put you back together. But that's not what the Scriptures say. The Scriptures say that you are a new creation. Pastor Tam read it. She opened the service this morning that when we come to Jesus, there is a new birth. And when we read about this in the Scriptures, this is what Jesus is telling people. One man comes to Jesus and he says, so what, they're like, I have to climb back into my mother's womb? Like he's trying to get his head around this. So I am literally a new creation. And Jesus is saying, yes, God makes you new. And in that newness, we get the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. But here's the thing there is this battle that is constantly raging. And we all have an enemy, and this enemy knows how powerful our thought life is. And he is very interested in coming and distracting us and taking our thoughts in any direction that leads us away from God. And so here's some of the things that he's very good. This is what he wants to do. He wants to deceive us concerning the true nature of sin. This is one thought that he loves to take from us. As soon as we have a seed of doubt, is this right? Is this not right? Does God want this? Does, does, Does God not want this? The enemy loves to come and say, it's all good. It's all good. There's a line and you're still on this side of the line. The enemy loves to do this for sin because he knows it's gonna come between us and our relationship with the Father. The enemy loves to call us to doubt the truth of God's Word. Have you ever read, read things in Scripture and you're like, I know, I know this is in here, but whoa, that's big. How do I get my head around that, Lord? How do I see the reality of that in my life? Three, he loves to cause us to feel inferior and inadequate So we'll run from our calling. You know how much joy you'd love if he's got someone, the Father's got someone and the Father says, I have a calling on this person's life and the Lord's all excited. It's gonna be great and wonderful. And the enemy comes along, plants those seeds of doubt and says, hey, don't even worry about what God's... That's a victory for the enemy, right? So happy if he can do that. The enemy loves to tempt us to not trust in the Lord. In any way he can, he wants us to question the Lord. And so a win for the enemy in this battle space is when he can impact the direction of our thoughts in a way that leads us away from the Father. That's a win. And so the question is here, so what do we do about this? We've got at least six and a half thoughts coming into our mind every minute right? So what do we do about this? How do we control it? And I'm going to give you three very practical steps this morning, okay? This is about what we can actually do. And here's our key Scripture. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. You've probably heard this before. This is Paul speaking. He says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with Are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Isn't that cool? I'm picturing like a Thor hammer, okay? Divine power. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Every thought. And so this language that Paul's using here, this is battle language. And one of the things we need to realise is that there is a battle. And Jesus is victorious. The battle's been won. We've sung about it today. But there is still a war going on that we fight. But God equips us to do that. So when we look at this text, Paul's outlining this method, is telling the church a process to use in the battle to help unbelievers believe in the Father. And as he does that, he gives us the tools to fight this battle in our minds against any thought that the enemy wants to plant or hijack. Anything that's going to lead us into unbelief is what we want to fight against. So Paul talks about, these weapons, this battle language, demolishing strongholds. And a stronghold comes from uh, battle and and, and castles and uh, way back, they would build these strongholds into their cities or their castles and they would be a place where people would either retreat to for safety or where sometimes they even um, locked up the captives in these strongholds so the enemy couldn't get their people back, right? If they captured their soldiers, they put them in here. But the strongholds were built even bigger and stronger than the walls of the city or the walls of the castle, right? Sometimes these strongholds were metres and metres thick of stone and they were built so that nothing was getting through Into that place, and they took these stones as they built this, and one by one, they built these strongholds in these cities and these castles. And so, Paul's leading us into this space to think about strongholds in our mind and what they actually look like. And what he's implying here is that these strongholds in our mind are places where we start to believe lies. And then they begin to impact what we do. And brick by brick, these strongholds are built in our mind as the enemy gets to sway our thinking and they get stronger and stronger and stuck in place there. And so here's a question, what do we do? And so step number one is this, is that we need to identify the strongholds that are holding us back? What are the negative thought patterns? What are the negative thoughts that we have? And perhaps we see them reoccurring because there's a stronghold in place. What does that negative talk look like in your head? For some people, you know the negative talk It has this victim mentality to it. All the time they're saying, I'm a victim in this situation. This has been done to me. Poor me, poor me, poor me all the time. And this is a stronghold that their thoughts are actually impacted by. And then because it's a stronghold, they live a certain way. Their actions come out in a certain way. So rather than thinking as victorious or an overcomer in Christ they are stuck with a stronghold of victim mentality. Some people have this stronghold that says, I will never accomplish anything in my life. It's too late. I don't have what it takes. I am just not good enough. So my existence is just gonna be mundane. That's what that's that's what it is for me. Some people have this stronghold. And they come to the Lord and the stronghold is the fact that their past is so bad that they struggle to see how God can actually welcome them into His family. And it's a stronghold. It's so hard to shake that thing. Now science actually backs this up. I want you to know this. I love when science and Scripture and theology meet and science says, hey, guess what? God's right on this. That's really cool. (laughs) Science shows us that when we have a thought, a neural pathway is actually created. And so our negative thoughts, they literally change the makeup of our brain, the chemical makeup of our brain. And our positive thoughts, when we have positive thoughts, there's a chemical that's released. It's called dopamine. It's a legal chemical, and it's really good chemical, okay? And people who experience joy, um, I experienced some dopamine the other night. A friend of mine bought me a burger for dinner. It was a $22 burger, okay? It's the most expensive burger I've ever had in my life. It was the best burger I've ever had in my life. And as I opened the lid to this box, and, and I was hungry, I was looking forward to it, Dopamine, I was like, oh my goodness. Thank you, Lord. Very powerful. And so dopamine, positive thoughts, they're connected to the pleasure centre, the reward part of our brain. Each time we see something, feel something like that, that's really positive, this release. Negative, we forge this path in our brain, this pathway begins. And so what do we have to do? I want you to see this is that as we entertain these negative thoughts, then the strongholds begin to be built in our mind. And there's two key strongholds that we can kind of boil all this down to. The first one comes down to having an incorrect image of God. Is that if we have this stronghold in some sense, we might think God is an angry God. We might think that God expects too much of us. We might actually think that God is not capable of bringing the change that we desire to see in life. We might think that we have to work for God's approval, that He doesn't love us the way that we are. And so this stronghold prevents us from actually understanding who God really is. That's the first main one. And the second main stronghold is having an incorrect image of yourself a stronghold that in some way says that I'm too far gone, I've got nothing to offer this world or any person, I'm not worthy. And that stronghold prevents us from being able to become the person that God has created us to be. Isn't that a terrible thought? That's devastating to me. And these negative thoughts and these strongholds, they end up robbing us of joy in life and peace and dopamine. (laughs) Joy is a great thing. The Father wants us to know joy. But here's where it gets really frightening, is that if we believe a lie long enough, then we start to live as if that lie were true. True. And so it doesn't actually matter if this thought is a complete lie, it will begin to come out in our actions and impact our body, our spirit and our life around us. Isn't that a crazy thing? And it can be all based on a lie. So here's step number two that we see in this Scripture. We need to embrace the truth that demolishes the strongholds. We need to see those strongholds torn down, got rid of, that they're not even there. Now, I know that there'll be some people that are in this room and you're like, I've heard this message before, I've studied this passage. Yep, well done, good stuff. Here's the thing, I know for a fact that you don't always do this. I know it. You know why I know? Because I know this stuff and I don't always do it. You know why else I know? Because sometimes I get the opportunity To spend time with some incredible leaders. God's put me in some amazing company at times. And as I sit with these people who I think we kind of look up to as having it all under control and all together, and I spend time with them and we actually open up about the realities of life, I realize that even these people are wrestling with their thoughts. Even these people are looking to have strongholds in their life torn down. So this is for every single one of us. But here's a hope in this situation is that this is what Jesus said in John 8. He said, If you remain faithful to my teachings, you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Free, freedom. Freedom from all of this is what He wants. And so the truth is the Word of God. In Ephesians 6, when we read about the armour, we see that we have the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, everything else is protective, but the sword, like the sword is not just protective, right? The sword is an attacking weapon. And so we take the Word of God and we use God's divine power to demolish strongholds. Alright, now this is all, all picture language right here. What does this actually look like? What this looks like is knowing, taking, believing the Word of God and using it to replace lies in our life. Okay, you need to get a hold of this. Scary thought, if you don't know the Word of God, if you're not in the Word of God, then you've got no sword, right? Right? There is no way for you to demolish these strongholds. Paul said, we don't do this the way the world does it. Okay? And so this is not just attempting things in our own strength. This is coming in God's power to see these strongholds demolish. I want you to know this. Um, I thought this was really interesting. If you do a word study of the word repent, as we come into the New Testament in particular, we see this command, repent and believe, repent and believe. And we talk about repentance a lot in church. And sometimes I think we kind of misuse it. We, we throw this word around as if you've got to come to God and say, I'm sorry, that that's the meaning of repent. But if we actually look at it in the Greek, it's this word metanoia. And it, it actually means to change your thinking and what you believe. And so the word in itself actually gives us a picture of someone whose thoughts are going in this direction and then they repent and the repentance process says no, I'm going in this direction. And the language is that in this direction I turn from that which is not God and I put my faith in that which is God. So do you see that repenting is actually a thought process? And so what we're learning sometimes is that when these thoughts come into our mind and they're lies, that we are repenting our way back to the truth of God, that this is a practical process. And by repenting, I'm saying we see the lie, we identify the lie, and then we change our thinking until it lines up with God's Word. Now, here's the thing. I love this about this text, okay? Paul, Paul is using very strong words language here. He is saying, like this is this is this is not just a suggestion. All right. This is what he's actually saying. He's saying take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Right? So we make this is not just be nice and gentle with this. This is like take that thought captive, disagree with it, and actually Make it line up with God. Does that make sense? All right, let me keep going on this one. Uh, I want to take you old school. Deuteronomy eleven. There's this great passage in scripture, uh, NLT version. I'm going to read it in this morning, verse eighteen. Is the instructions to Israel so that they can stay brave and they can know God's strength? And it says, So commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine, God's words. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. So there is breakthrough, there is promise of blessing that is found in knowing and using the word of God in our life, okay? Are you with me here? Okay. Now the Jews, if if you do some research on this and still today, that you might see some Jews that they literally have the Scriptures boxes tied to their wrists and some tied to their forehead because they take this very literal. And I actually love this concept because... For me, I see it with the scriptures there. That anything they're going to do has to pass through this filter of scripture, and anything they're going to think has to pass through this scripture of filter, uh, this filter of scripture. Maybe we should do that, right? A hope community thing, where we, for a month, we start to do this as we recognise these thoughts in our life, and they have to pass through. These filters. I don't think anyone's going to put their hands up for that. (laughs) All right, let me keep moving. Uh, Point number three, step number three, is that we need to change the narrative. Is that Paul is telling us that we are in charge of what we think about? It's easy to think of our thought life as something that just happens that just has free reign. But Paul is telling us here that we are actually in charge of what we think about. Philippians 4 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things that we are to intentionally think about what we wanna think about, not just let our thoughts have free reign. And you know, that sometimes, sometimes we lose this battle even before we get out of bed in the morning, that you wake up in the morning and the thoughts start and we're losing the battle straight away. Can I just tell you this? When I woke up this morning, the enemy was not standing at my bed, clapping his hands and saying, good morning, Dan. Guess what? You got a great message today and it's gonna impact so many people's lives and you just need to get to church and give that message. It's gonna be amazing. You know why he was not doing that? When I wake up this morning, I roll out of bed, this voice starts for me. And this voice says, um, this voice says, Oh, those poor people. They have to listen to you again. I'm serious. And his voice says, Oh Dan, you're so boring why do like, these people have to suffer through another message and another thought comes and the thought says, you're like, you know a lot of these people in this room and they could do a far better job than you could. Like, why are you getting up there this morning? And these thoughts start and there's this thought I have every time I speak and it's this thought that disguises itself as hope and says, what if this was the last message you ever had to preach? Sometimes I speak that out to my wife and she's just like, "Uh uh-uh. But this is true. And so here's the thing. So what do I do? What do I do in those moments as the thoughts are starting to swirl around? I say, Father, help me. Help me right now because there is this battle waging in in my life, in my mind. Just like now. (laughs) And so I I desperately, I come to God and I see these thoughts. I identify these thoughts. And there's strongholds of just being insufficient, not being any good. And I say, Father, I I see these thoughts. Help me. What do I do with this? And the voice, this is this morning. The voice of God comes to me as I just seek Him. And He says, Dan, here's the truth for you to remember. My Word never returns void. If you were speaking it, I'm working. And I say, okay, God, well, that's really good news. And then He reminds me of the time I've been spending with Him this week. I've been reading through the book of Numbers and He he takes me back into that place and He says, Dan, He says, just as I called Moses and Joshua, I have called you. And then he says, you know what? Remember these words I said to Joshua? I said, do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Be very strong and courageous, for I am with you. And then I think, I am changing the narrative. Father, I am gonna fix my thoughts on something different and not let them do what they want. And so then I came to a place this morning and said, well, what am I gonna think about? You know what? Yesterday here, we had a reform retreat And it was amazing and the presence of God was in the room. And I saw people come and encounter God's love for the very first time. I said, Father, that's my narrative this morning. I'm gonna choose to fix my thoughts on what You were doing in that space, touching people's lives, changing people, coming and meeting them because this is who You are and this is what You do. Now, here's the thing, I want you to hear this. If you don't choose to fight, you lose. This is a battle. If you say, I'm just gonna let it happen, you've lost the battle. We have to choose to actually get in this fight. And I'm passionate about this because as we look around our world today, I see so many of us who are gripped by anxiety and fear and the enemy has just torn us down. And He has come and He's directly attacked. God's identity and people's identity. And it makes me mad. Romans 12 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. It's easy to look around and think the pattern of this world today is anxiety. And I don't want to be insensitive to anyone who's in this place. I understand that there can be a lot of trauma. There can be chemical stuff. There's stuff. I get that. But that's the same reason that we need to be people who are fight, who are fighters. There is a calling on your life and there is a battle in your mind that needs to be won. Those strongholds need to be demolished in Jesus name. I love this 2 Peter 1. It says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory. And goodness. Do not let the enemy build strongholds in your mind. As followers of Jesus, we have the mind of Christ. The enemy doesn't get to build strongholds in that mind. We have to say, no, this is not happening in my mind. We will not let the lies just come in and start to stack up not in our minds. We will not let the enemy tell us that we just need to give up, to throw it in and let those thoughts have their way. We have the mind of Christ. And there is so much that God has for you. The enemy wants to rob it, wants to take it. There is so much that God has for you. This morning I'm 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 very aware that a message like this could come across as if it's all us. You know? We just need to do the stuff. And it is a bit that way. <laughs> we are talking about that. But my heart also just goes out to people who are here this morning and And you just feel so low. You you feel like your mind is one big stronghold. And you feel like when I talk about things about taking thoughts captive, you feel like, Dan, I am so weak. I've tried to fight and I'm just so weak. I, I, I don't even feel like I can do it. And in that space, that's where God's divine power comes and meets us, and I want you to hear this: that this, there's no condemnation in this. If you feel like you're losing the battle, the enemy would love to make a thing out of that. But God, in His grace, in His supernatural power and presence, can come and meet you right where you are today. So I wanna, I wanna open it up and. I don't know if this is just too bold for some people. But as we just kind of wrap this, I wanna really invite the supernatural work of God to come this morning. And so if you're here this morning and this thought life thing is a thing for you, then I wanna invite you to stand. And we're just gonna pray. We're gonna pray. It can be anything, something that you've realized recently. It can be as strong as suicidal thoughts and just anxiety that has you so gripped every second of every day. But if it's you, can you jump on your feet right now? And we're going to pray. So good. As we pray this morning, we're drawing a line in the sand and we're saying, no more, not, not in my mind. And we're declaring this mind is the mind of Christ. There is no more. If you know the person that is uh, standing next to you this morning, or, or maybe you don't, but you just feel comfortable, uh, just to stretch out a hand and to start to pray in their direction. If there's still someone that wants to stand and the enemy is telling you not to stand, feel free to jump up now and we're just gonna pray. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We just welcome you in this place. Father, we just recognize our need for you, for your power this morning, Lord. This is more than us just being strong and more than positive thinking, Father. We invite you to come and move. Holy Spirit, come. So Father, we just thank You for Your truth, the only truth, the truth that brings life and freedom, Heavenly Father. And this morning as we come now and as we pray, in faith we believe that as we come to You, Lord, that things can shift right now in a moment, Lord. That in Your grace, Father, You would come and bring healing, that You would bring comfort, that You would bring love. Father, we pray that where there needs to be rewiring of brains, that You would come and bring Your grace. Father, we pray that where there needs to be downloads of joy, that You would come. By the power of Your Spirit, You'd come and touch people right now, Heavenly Father. We pray that darkness, will be driven out. We pray, Lord, that where minds have been damaged, that You would bring healing in Jesus' Name. Father, we pray in faith for a fresh sense of strength in You and impartation into people's lives, God. A new stirring of faith for people to say, It's gonna be, okay, I can do this with the Lord. We're gonna get through this. It's a new day. I'm a new creation. I have the mind of Christ, Father. Lord, even right now, I pray that You are speaking words of truth over people's strongholds, demolishing them in Jesus' Name. Father, we pray corporately this morning that we would be a people, as followers of Jesus, that we would be a people who take every thought captive and we make it the thoughts of Jesus. We make it your mind, Father, your will, your ways, Father. And out of that place, as we change our thinking, our lives are changed also, Father. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.